my younger sister called me last week um, and she keeps weird hours because of her job. So she called me at like 11 at night, which is fine because it's the summer and I'm a teacher. And she wanted some help with her writing. Um, she currently works at um, Darigold. So if you buy a gallon of milk in Montana or Northern Wyoming, there's like a one in six chance that she put that milk in that carton for you. Um, but she wants a new job. So she called me asking for help writing a cover letter, which is something that we've done before. That's how we got her this job. Um, but this is potentially going to be her first job that actually uses her degree. So uh, there was a level of excitement to the moment um, because, you know, more was at stake than when we were just getting her a milk packing job. So she called me and the first thing that we really had to struggle through is figuring out the genre, like what's a cover letter? Why do they exist? How are they different than resumes? And once we talked through that and really focused on what the writing was about, uh, the next thing was looking at her most recent cover letter and figuring out how it relates to the one that we were writing. Um, we were asking ourselves, do we wanna just you know, brush this up? Do we want to like start from scratch? And as a teacher, those questions really resonated with me because the end of July, the beginning of August is a moment where I look at who I've been as a teacher. I look at the things that I've said, believed, the assignments I've created, the essential questions. I'm asking myself that same thing. Do we just want to scrap it all and start from new? Are there certain things that we want to make sure carry over or do we want to just brush up some of it? There's so many approaches to it. And that's the beautiful thing about that end of summer feeling is it's like, I'm, I'm getting back in the saddle. What do I want to carry with me? Um, my sister and I made a process where first we figured out like, what does this new company want from her? Like what, are, what based on all of the posting and all the details we have, what do they want from an employee? And then what sort of arguments can we make that my sister will satisfy those desires of theirs? So we made a list and then we went through all of the old cover letter and we grouped the ideas that still played out and were still true. And we sorted them. Um, and then we, it's a long process with us, but we eventually ended up with a pretty good cover letter. Um, and at the end, she's so sweet. I, I connect so deep with her because she thinks deeply about things. So we're writing this cover letter, we get it done. And she says, Nick, like what, what would I have done? Just think about how the people that are in your life, like if they weren't there, there would be all these empty spaces and there would be all these tasks and things that just didn't happen. We just, uh, uh, nephew born in the month and so she was like think about Ezra and like how their birth just like changes the family dynamic and makes all these things and I also answered her question I said hey if I hadn't been born then you would have written this cover letter with our mother and it would have turned out just as good but you would have spent five hours talking about where the commas go <laughs> um so it's just a much faster process when you do it with me and so I don't know, the story, the event, it just makes me think about how important 
writing is, it makes me think about how we write with people and how that establishes and, and profits from relationship. But it also makes me think about that process of choosing what we wanna carry with us as we move forward into new chapters and how our writing and our composing can reflect those changes. Welcome, friend. So glad you chose to join our conversation today. I'm your host, Patty Wiseman Adams. Our producer, Jody Braun, is working his magic behind the scenes. And today, I'm going to have the opportunity to talk to Nicholas Darlington, aka Nick, um, about how he makes certain choices while he's planning for the new school year. This is our first episode of our second season um, of doing these twig casts. And so I am so excited that we're starting season two. Our title today is Before the Beginning. And I encourage you as you're listening to think about the planning that you are doing and what's been successful for you. We'd always love to hear any feedback or comments from you. So enjoy. Now, a lot of people are still in their summer mode, but we're already starting to take, a, take some time and think about the revisions that we've made from the year. Nick just told us a wonderful story about how he is thinking about what to scrap and what to start new. Nick, thanks for joining us today. Um, Absolutely. I'm so taken by your story in a lot, uh, so many aspects. I mean, I can't wait to kind of dig into this with you. But the first thing I, I, I really want to take from that, um, what do you think your students, when, when you were thinking about what Haley needed, you know, from the cover letter, mm. what do you, when, when you're do, going through that process, what do you think your students need from you? You know, that's a really interesting question. I, next year's schedule will have me in all ninth grade, um, which for our district means new building, new environment. Um, and I think a really great symbol here means is that in sixth through eighth grade, they wear uniforms every day to school. And that first day of ninth grade is the first day where they are starting off brand new with their own clothes, which I think is just a beautiful representation of how high school feels. You know, like you're picking out your clothes, you're presenting to the world um, in a way that you maybe couldn't before. So I guess what my students need um, is the opportunity to do that um, and to be received and to be understood with grace. Um, so, and I, I think about that both like as people, but also academically, just that sense of openness and acceptance of wherever they are. I really love that. I, I, I teach sixth grade as well. And in, in the Boise School District, sixth grade is the end of elementary. So I'm kind of at the, you know, they're looking forward to going to junior high. And so I kind of have that tail end where 
it's the ending and it's there and I get to see that true anticipation when they really are looking for that new beginning so I understand where you're coming from with that um that also makes me think as you're planning your new year what do your colleagues need from you oh that's a really great question and I think the first thing is um just support. I mean, teachers know what to do and how to do it, but they do it better when they have the friends with them to make it happen, have the friends with them to think it through. So that's what I would say is the number one thing is just, you know, being there for them in whatever way they need. As as you've um, worked through TWIG last year, the teaching writers inquiry group and we kind of have reflected about the process of our sessions you know our Tuesdays with twig we have a we have a we have this podcast we have a blog and we try to network on social media what is it that you're hoping people really capture about our group and about the work that we're doing in this upcoming season, session, I guess, or I like season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think that my first answer is it's kind of the, the meta design of what we're doing, just the belief and understanding that teachers should be supporting teachers, listening to teachers, learning from teachers, and just the value of those conversations and the belief that conversations are our central way of learning, at least for me, they are. So I think that that's one thing that I want people involved in whatever capacity with Twig to walk away with. It's just the knowledge and the, and the feeling that we're in conversation together and there's a unity in that and a beauty in that and also a brilliance in that. So I think that that's a big, that's a big idea for me that I like thinking about. Have you, um, when, when you're thinking about this coming se- season, what are some things that you, um, that the group maybe has, or even you personally, how do you decide what to, to not take with you? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's a great question. And it makes me think about uh, how Haley and I, when we were writing that cover letter, we asked ourselves the same question, like, how do we know that something needs to be chopped? How do we know to leave it behind? Um, and what's invisible in that situation, but should be visible to teachers about their practice is like, we have to look at what the, the, what the feedback says. We have to look at what the formative assessments teach us about the effectiveness of things. We have to trust our feelings too, right? Like a lot of that formative feedback is about our observations, what we hear with our ears, what we see with our eyes, what we read in the products. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about trusting our feelings too. Like, did that really feel right? Did that really achieve the things you wanted it to based on what you have in front of you? So I think that, I think that's part of it. And also just realizing that there's no like gold standard, what needs to happen in a classroom. Um, and whatever happens is gonna have value. Um, I mean, obviously there's some 
boundaries on that. But for the most part, <laughs> if it's if it's thoughtful instruction, it's gonna have some sort of product. So really the question is, is it the product that you want? And if not, feel free to revise it. Do you have any, um, and I hate to put you on the spot, but you know, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some, do you have like an example of a time when you sat down to plan for an upcoming year, even or even this year, and you're thinking, what are some things that have had to be cut that you mm-hmm. just, and how did you come to that? I know you're, you're talking about how you kind of came to that conclusion, but how do you actually make those decisions and, and in your practice? Yeah. I think the first step for me is imagining. So let's say, uh, for example, in second, second semester, I'm going to teach Romeo and Juliet. I've got my issues with teaching Romeo and Juliet. You know, I have like a, a, a couple of indicators that are like, this might not be the best use of my ninth graders time. I'm, so the first step that I have to do is I have to imagine alternatives. I have to think like, what else is possible in this time and space? What mm-hmm. else could achieve my instructional goals? Um, so I think the first, the first act is imagining alternatives. And that's what I love about summer in this moment before yeah. start teaching is like it is for me it's a time of imagination like what is possible uh what what can I do I'm and once I've done that work then I can do the comparative work and see like based on what I've imagined could I say that what I'm doing is the best path or are one of these new babies that I thought up maybe a better option to go with you're you're reminding me that summer really is that time of what if what if I do that? I mean, it's the, in, unlike any other time in the school year, in summer, all these ideas are starting to flood. I mean, you're even listening to you. I'm starting to go, oh, this is kind of making me excited to put something in my nice, shiny, new, empty, beautiful, no cross outs plan book, you know, and, 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 and see what my alternatives might be. Well, and maybe a way to think about it is if we think of curriculum as a book that we are writing every year, um, the summer is a time between where like as authors, we're experiencing the world, we're just thinking and brainstorming. And we know like authors of novels, like that's what they do. They experience the world, they think about it. And I just feel like summer is the time in between like publishing one novel and starting to draft your next. And it's like a really tough to me. You know, Nick, what you just said um, really resonates with me that you're talking about our work as teachers as part of our story. And I Mm. think sometimes we forget that we are writing a story as we're teaching. And that those kids, I wonder what they take away from you know, our story matters, but then our story becomes entwined with their story for life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, that's a, absolutely. That's a beautiful way to think about it. That just gave me chills. Thank you, friend. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, I wanted to kind of go back to Twig and in thinking about this revision process that, 
you know, we've been doing some summer work with our team and really looking back at last year about the things that we wanted to keep. And what would you say were some things that that we really thought were really powerful and that we want to keep in our practice as TWIG? That's a great question, because so far I've been thinking about this mostly as a teacher in the classroom lens and not a teacher among uh, other teachers. Um, so when I think about what I absolutely am proud to keep with TWIG, um, first of all, it is our relational rituals that we start every meeting, both the public facing and the internal meetings start with writing. You know, we are a writing inquiry group. We talk often about how important writing is, but it's also a thing that we do in practice. And so that to me is like a really, I'm so glad that we're sticking to that value um, and, and perpetuating that. So that's an example of an easy thing to keep. But also there's like, there's a lot of, um, we've had conversations about aspects and just reviewing and thinking in detail, like, does this stick to our principles? Is this ineffective? And I'm, I love that process. I love to be thoughtful in that way about what's working. I, I agree with you. I think um, and we were talking a lot about our norms and we revised our norms. And I think even in my own classroom, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I really love coming up with norms with students and, and, you know, really stick. And I really try hard to stick with those classroom design norms, um, you know, and, and, but I don't know that I have ever revised my norms throughout the school year. Like once they're up, they were up. And I, and I really think um, our group, you know, we made some tweaks and they were little tweaks, but I honestly think they were really reflective of how we wanted to progress. And I feel like, I feel a little silly that I never thought to do that with my students in my classroom as we progress as learners. And what a powerful lesson on the nuance of words as our team discussed the norms, we were picking and teasing apart the meaning of one word and it's very close cousin and asking <laughs> ourselves which of these best describes the actual work that we do. And that to me is like a really great lesson on language and, and the value and importance uh, that words carry. Well, and we also, I think even talked a lot about how, how we wanted to feel and trying to find the words that would capture or help us find those, you know, create those situations that would make it, that's, you know, we always talk about safe learning environments. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's almost become a little bit cliche sometimes. And, mm -hmm. but I feel like we really are trying to do the work to really create those spaces, which is kind of one of the things that TWIG is all about. I want, I don't want to forget to ask you about, um, did Haley get the job? We don't know yet. She <gasps> just, she just sent the cover letter and resume out yesterday. Oh yesterday my gosh. Morning. So okay, we're, so we're going to have to wait. Cliffhanger for, for our <laughs> audience. Gosh. Yeah. You know, Nick, one of the things, um, about twig 
that in the upcoming um, season is we have really decided to focus a little bit on argument writing. I'm wondering if you can maybe speak to um, how argument, I know in your ninth grade class, like what, what work does that do for you as a teacher besides just, oh, I'm going to teach kids how to write an argument. Like what work does that do for you? So that maybe some of our listeners who are kind of like, oh, argument, like, so they kind of know what does it's beyond just writing an argument, right? Yeah, it's definitely, there's, there's a lot of nuance and opportunity. I think about how, when I started, uh, teaching argument and thinking about it more deeply, I was like, wait, there's a lot in here that I've been neglecting. Um, and so it's been such a rich discovery for me. When I think about why I value teaching arguments so well is like so many things in English as a discipline, but also in all of the disciplines of school. It's a thing that we do naturally. And schooling allows us to fine tune those skills or to reveal some skills that maybe we weren't aware of, but connect with things we already know how to do. Students are looking to their world and always making arguments about what's good or bad, what's right or wrong, and then all those gray areas in between those binaries. And so I just think that it is, once we get into the nitty gritty of teaching argument, and once we're doing it with thought and detail, what I find is, uh, yes, students are doing the academic work. They're doing the academic writing of an essay. But I also find that they are doing the relational work between themselves and the sources or themselves in the world or themselves and their classmates of figuring out like where they stand on topics, figuring out how they make sense of the world and then express that. And I think that that's like the the important identity work that I love students to do. And you know, I always thought that like narrative would be the way that I most achieve that. And I find that argument is for me right now it's like top billing for doing identity work figuring out like what you believe based on what you've been presented that's like to me the most revealing and personal work um and so I don't know I just I love it so much well and that that brings me to our first um session for twig will be on September 14th and our essential question that, and for those who maybe this is their first time, we, we have an essential question that guides our, our time together. And our first question, if you're available September 14th, is how can argument build community? Which I think, Nick, that you just um, passionately, <laughs> um, you know, and, and brilliantly just captured like that work, that argument can do and I'm with you I thought I'm going to enter this with narrative I'm going to use you know story and 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 everything and we can still do that but everything is an argument almost you know when Mm -hmm. kids write a poem I mean you see the arguments in there when they draw a picture um you know when they when they make a claim It, it really is powerful to it's it's sometimes for some kids it's wow you really care what I have to say but then when we start getting into things like well what evidence do you have 
I feel like that's a that's a game stopper. You know, sometimes like the kids are like, oh, I don't know why I know <laughs> why I think that or I don't know where I got my evidence. I think I heard, you know, my uncle say that and I just thought it sounded cool. And that's when we really start getting into the why do people think the things they think? Why do you yeah. think the think? Can your thinking change? And um, so as we're working through Twig, um, do you, how do you, what do you think about this, this year's lineup of questions that we've kind of come up with? I'm really excited about the lineup. I, (laughs) I just am so, I'm so lucky that I get to go to every meeting um, and be a part of every question. So with the question, we spend that hour initially writing and then talking about and sharing our perspective. And this year we've also added the aspect of like, we're gonna close or like close to the end, we're gonna have a a specific strategy that speaks to our question. Um, And so I'm just really excited to dig into uh, these new questions that we've created about argument. And I think it's gonna really matter for me because um, you know, I'll be teaching <laughs> at the same, in the same weeks. And so I'm, I'm excited because I find that when we have these solid conversations, it directly impacts my instruction and my planning for upcoming things. Um, it gives me a better vocabulary and a more lively passion for the work that I'm doing. So I'm just really excited about our questions. I am too. And for those people who um, don't are kind of wondering, hmm, what are all those questions that they're going to be tackling? We really would like you to, um, you can access that at www.twig.fun. Um, and we have come up with a really, I think it's going to be, for me, I, I know I'm going to use it for my own planning And I'm already starting to look at this and thinking about what I can keep and what I want to tackle with my students next year. And I'm excited to have some people to talk about it with. So um, with that, I want to say thank you, Nick. I mean, it's always a pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to be one of your friends and to have taught with you. But I really want to say thank you for the work that you're doing with students. And um, I just have really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Absolutely. Thank you, Patty. Thank you for your questions and for your comments. You're such a good. And friends, if you want more information on Twig, or our work that we're doing, you will find it on our website, twig.fun. There you can access info on Tuesdays with Twig, which begins September 14th. Um, We will be exploring how argument can help build community. And our website also can help you access us on our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, our blog. And if you're interested in any past or if you're looking ahead to any future episodes of this Twigcast. On behalf of Twig, Jess, Jody, Marybeth, Maddie, Nick, and myself, I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to wish you joy 
in your teaching and learning in this upcoming year. We hope to see you September 14th and beyond.